morning, everybody. Welcome back from spring break. Were you using a slide guitar this morning? Was this, that's cool. I want you to show me how to do that. I'll, give me a little Bonnie Raitt. I invited Willie Nelson this morning, but he was booked. I wanted old Willie to come. I love old Willie. I'm sorry. You, you're tightwads. I don't care. I love old Willie. Willie's a good old Texas boy. Good old boy. I love good. I think Jesus loves good old boys. And he can sing gospel too. He's a, he's, well, I'm going to get in trouble. I'll just quit. Hey, I'm glad to see you. And I did hope you had a great week. And a couple of you on crutches might not have been a good spring break, huh? I hope you get better. And if you're watching by live stream, Welcome to the Dream Room. We're glad you're here at Summit. And uh, I had a text a minute ago. We had one from Finland. And then Bobby Davis and Missy, members of our church here in Costa Rica, they watched us on live stream last night. So it's kind of cool when you're out of town. Hey, we can come to you if you're not uh, able to be with us. So recommend live stream to friends or people anywhere in the world they have access to to the Internet or a a Wi-Fi. Well, we're in a series called Unstoppable. And uh, I did a video for your host home this week, as well as an outline on priorities and how they make us unstoppable. But occasionally, the Holy Spirit will give you an audible. And if you're a football fan, you know that an audible is, I'm going to change the play. I just feel like God wants me to do something else, still make you unstoppable. But I want to talk about dreaming your way to the top. I want to talk to you about the power of a dream. It says in Genesis 37, verse 19, and the brothers said to one another, look, the dreamer is coming. This was a critical accusation against a young boy, 17 years old, and his name was Joseph. Now, by the way, for the non-religious people, that could be Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, or uh, that could be Richard Branson with Virgin Airlines. It could be you. It could be anybody, because his relationship to God uh, brought about an incredible dream. And the one thing that distinguished Joseph's life all through Scripture, from the start to the finish, was a dream. If God wants to change you, help you, bless you. He gives you light. Matthew says, those that have sat in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus is the light of the world. If he doesn't let you see something, you can't see it. He called the Pharisees, who were very religious, but blind as a bat. He said, the blind are leaders of the blind. It wasn't physical eyesight. It was spiritual eyesight. If you can't see, you need a Savior. If you can't see that we are flawed human beings, only God can let you see that. I can't make anybody see that. And if God wants to judge people, He doesn't have to kill you, for goodness sakes. He just cuts off the light. You don't know what you're doing or where you're going or what meaning there is in life or purpose. So God is a dream-giving God. He gives vision. He lets you see something. What do you see? You know, he said to Abraham, look north, south, east, and west. All the land you can see, I'll give it to you. And meaning if you can't see it, you can't have it. So what do you see? A better life, a better marriage, a better future, a better career? You want to just suck your thumb and gripe about what used to be? Or do you have a dream about what could be? God is a dream-giving God. And so I want to talk a little bit about that with the life of Joseph. People who change the world, people who are difference makers, people who are leaders always have great dreams. They're always thinking ahead, planning ahead. They never stop thinking. 
And if you study their life, you'll discover that dreams were a part of what drove them. Now, I'm talking about dreams from your heart, not the ones at night after too much pizza and beer. But a dream, the power of that dream carried these people. It drove how they acted, how they think, how they talk, how they respond. They weren't negative. They were optimistic people. What drove the way they think? The dream. So when God wants to bless you, He puts a dream in your heart. Don't be a dream killer. Don't step on the dreams of others, particularly your children. Encourage them. Great leaders and people always have a dream that drives them. That dream won't let them quit, won't let them give up, won't let them get too tired. It's the driving force of their life. Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. When Epcot was opened in the ribbon cut in Orlando, Florida, the mayor said to Mrs. Disney, it's too bad Walt didn't live to see this. She said, oh, he saw it years before you saw it, Mayor. He saw it, planned it, and designed it. That's what a dream is. That's what a vision is. George Bernard Shaw said, dream of things that never were, and ask, why not? Why not a faster airplane? Why not a cell phone instead of a party line with a rotary dial? Somebody said, cell phones are getting thinner and smarter. Not so much with people. <laughs> but somebody said, why not build a better mousetrap, right? And so how do you look at life or problems or limitations like, why don't we do this? Why don't we try that? I remember when we started Saturday Night Church, my whole staff back then years ago said, it'll never work. And I said, well, the Catholics go to church on Saturday night in mass at 6 o'clock. I said, I believe it will work. And I said, if it don't, at least we tried. Now everybody has a Saturday night church, everywhere. But nobody was in favor of it. Why? Because, well, we hadn't done it that way before. So I hope some people in here won't just line up in, in the line of obscurity and just walk with the crowd. Break out of the crowd. Build your own road. Dream about things that never were and say, why can't we? Why not? Let's try that. Let's do that. Those are people who change the world. Don't come to church thinking anybody's going to change the world. They, they'll keep doing the same thing. They, eternal life is anything the church starts. That's it. Yeah, because they never want to let it die long after it becomes obsolete. The poorest man in this room is not a man or a woman that has no money. It's a man or a woman that has no dream. That dream will attract resources. There's always a poverty of soul and poverty of a nation when people lack dreams on the inside of them. Let me take the word dream, D-R-E-A-M. Let me use it acrostically to show you what a dream does and what a, a dream is. D in dream stands for to distinguish. A dream will distinguish you. It sets you apart. It makes you stand out. And the reason a dream will distinguish you is because so people have one. A dream that consumes your life. When Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stood at the Lincoln Memorial, and he said, I have a dream. What was it that marked him for eternity all over the world? The reason that statement shook our nation and world leaders was because most people did not. People will follow somebody with a dream because most people don't have one. And let me say this on the positive side. If you don't have a vision and you don't have a dream, for God's sake, get close to people who do. You'll grow fat off of the crumbs from their table. 
Really, until God gives you one or you see it for yourself, stay close to people who do. Life will be better. You'll think better. You'll do better. You won't be allowed to sit around and be complacent and passive, not around a dreamer. And so people will follow someone with a dream because they don't have one. They've got no dream for their life, no dream for their marriage, no dream for their children or for their future. You know, as a parent, and many of you are parents, my highest dream for my children is that one day they won't need me. Not in a bad sense. I want them to always love me and want me. But I'm saying, if Poppy should die, if, if I, when I will die one day, hope it ain't soon, feeling really good, but I'm simply saying they'll be fine. They can live without me. They are now capable of thinking. They have value. They have direction. They have vision. They will be able to survive, provide for themselves. And then, and then you look at people and in, in around religion, codependent. I need you. I need you. Some of you girls are like that with a guy. If he leaves me, I'll just die. Well, where are all the bodies? <laughs> I remember in the 50s, Vacaville, California. I don't remember who they were. It was, and, and, and nobody under 20 even going to remember this. Got along without you before I met you. Gonna get along without you now. Goodbye. So, <laughs> uh, sometimes you need to say goodbye to some people. That's a good goodbye. Let you go on with your dream. I'm just simply saying, I, I want my children to be mature. I want them to come to the place. They don't need daddy anymore. And I hope that's what you want. And I want my children, for their children, to raise them the same way where they won't need them. You've passed the baton. You've given them good values. Perhaps you've capitalized them, but at least you've given them tools that will allow them to provide for their families and home and do well. A good amen would be all right in here. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask all my African-American constituents in here to bring some more people because at least you'll talk to me. You know, would you at least talk to me for God's sake? That's good stuff. I think we got too much white folks in here. Y'all just quiet. Hip him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Yes and amen. This is good stuff. So what's your dream for crying out loud? The R in dreams talks about releasing you. Dreams release you. They will release you to a potential level that you would never achieve otherwise. People will generally grow to the size of their problem, not to the size of their potential. Dreams help you grow to your full potential. You will either live up to your dreams or down to your doubts. There's no middle ground. 30 years ago, I was on a Delta Airlines flight from Atlanta, Georgia, and I sat next to a guy who owned a large business that put commercial aquariums in offices of CEOs in the country. And I think we were talking about fish, and I don't know anything about fish, but I did ask him, I says, well, what's your best seller? He said, you might not believe this, but our most popular fish is a shark. Now, I'm thinking Jaws. I'm thinking a big white. He said, oh, no. He said, here's why it becomes a very popular aquarium item, because a little six-inch shark will never grow larger than his environment. Did you think about that? He said, if I take a six-inch shark in my aquarium and put him in the Pacific Ocean, he'll grow eight feet, and boom, it hit me like a rock. So will I. If I'll get out of the mud puddle of small, narrow-minded thinking and get into a big environment of big thinking and big dreaming, I can become a bigger life person. Some of you need to get out of that mud puddle and get into a lake, and then get into the ocean and swim, baby, swim. 
and let God expand your life and grow your life. E, dreams encourage us. They encourage us to grow. You can't have a dream and stay the same. Dreams demand that we change. I want to be a better person. I I want to achieve something. That starts with a dream. Nothing happens until you see it. If you can't see it, you can't have it. They will demand that you change, and the dream has to change you before it will change other people. Dreams encourage us to grow. A in dreams. A dream will break common-held attitudes. They will. Uh, There were people who dreamed men could fly. It challenged the prevailing attitudes of the day. Orville and Wilbur Wright were bicycle mechanics. Yeah. Their daddy was a bishop in either the Methodist or Assemblies of God, and at a convention preached that if God wanted men to fly, He'd have given them wings. (laughs) Welcome to church. (laughs) Orville and Wilbur didn't let that stop them from their dream making bicycles believe in in aviation, and in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, changed the world forever. That's a fact. They dreamed it. They saw it. But I'm telling you, you got to swim upstream to see a dream come true because most people don't dream anything. They don't see anything. There were people who dreamed we could go to space, challenge the attitude of the day. Dreams shatter common-held attitudes in the church, in the government, in the culture and society of people. Always it does. Then M, dreams motivate us. They inspire us. They excite us. Some of you look like you need some. They fuel us. They're nuclear energy. They make you burn. They put you on fire. Most people lack energy today because they lack a dream. But I believe your strength is in proportion to your dream. Doctors say and statistics show that people who retire early, that sounds like a big deal to you, they start to decline in health three years later. Why? Because they have nothing to motivate them, to challenge them, or excite them. German research scientists took rats, and they did studies on feeding a rat with just giving him his food. They put others in a maze that they had to solve problems to get to the food. And the rats that went through the maze lasted uh, six months longer in life, which in a rat life is a long time, than the rats that got the food. Solving problems, reaching a goal, going through a challenge stimulated the cortex of the brain. It'll prevent dementia. It keeps you sharp and focused. It stimulated their immune system. They were less susceptible to disease. They said, what caused that? Challenge. Challenge. The challenge to break the power of status quo and to receive a dream. you got to solve problems. You have to change. You have to grow. It keeps you alive. I'd probably drop into a pile of dust if it weren't for Summit challenging me to fill up Marshall Road and to see everything completed in my lifetime while I'm still able to enjoy it. I got a dream. It consumes me. I remember dreaming about flying airplanes. I was raised in the Air Force, and at four years old, 1948, I have a picture of me in front of a little toy airplane with pedals. It was like a little tricycle. You pedal it, the propeller goes around. I loved, I wanted to fly. I made models. They gave me models for Christmas. I model airplanes. Models. <laughs> Today's culture, one has to be more specific. 
and I would glue them, put decals and paint them, and I'd hang them on a string in my bedroom with thumbtacks. Planes everywhere, pictures, red. Go to the airport, sit in airplanes. There was no security back then. There was no terrorism back then. And, and I lived and dreamed aviation. I learned everything I could. Uh, I, I, my father put me in airplanes illegally, perhaps, and I got to fly. But it was 1948 to 1977 when I had the ability, I had the skill, I had the knowledge, but I had no money. And someone empowered me, a simple resource that wasn't a big deal to them, but a big deal to me. And it released that dream. And what I dreamed about as a little boy at four years of age suddenly became a, a reality that consumed my life. I can remember taking a guitar, and this was in 1958, Vacaville, California, standing in front of a mirror, listening to Ricky Nelson, who was the teenage idol, and I remember memorizing the words and playing that and saying, one day I'm going to get on a stage and I'm going to play a guitar and I'm going to be in a rock and roll band. I had a dream. You laugh, Goober, I did it. You didn't, I did it. I got to see that dream come true. You can make fun of me, but I'm telling you, nothing's going to happen if you, what do you dream about? <laughs> I'm just thinking on where I can go with this that won't upset my wife. I don't want to say too much. I'm simply saying they give me energy for life to pr get up and, and press forward. Dreams before their time can become a nightmare because everything in your dream is not for today. A dream is a destiny for your life, not a plan for the weekend. Be careful when you get a dream who you share that with, because people can discourage you, depress you, talk you out of it, and God doesn't want you to share that with everybody. If you're going to share your dream, share it with people who have already achieved what you want, who are not intimidated or threatened by your dream. They're already successful, and perhaps they'll throw you a few crumbs to help you on your journey and encourage you as some things. When we were building Summit, I went to some men who built bigger buildings, have bigger churches than us, and much more resources. But I said, would you tell me what you'd never do again? Here's my dream. Here's what I want to do. Not one of those people ever was negative towards me, and every one of them was incredibly helpful in sharing. I didn't share it with smaller people because most of the ministerial association was just wanting a discount on a lunch. I wanted, I wanted a big dream and adventure. So I realized I got to get out of that little fishing pond and get into big leagues where they think different, where they, they dream big dreams. Who are you hanging around? Huh? Are, you in, are you a guppy in a little Walmart deal? You're alive. You get to swim a little bit. You know what you need? You need, to, you need a shark in your tank. You want to get moving? Put a shark in that tank. Oh, Lord, you'll move. And that's what a dreamer is. A dreamer is a shark in your tank. They'll challenge, they won't let you sit down. They won't let you do a sloppy job. They say, get that stain off the carpet. Here's a I take pictures all the time of something I see broken, send it to maintenance and say, fix that. This is not excellent. That's not who we are. We're all in this together. We're a family. Let's make it look good. Let's put a good presentation on to the world. I'm going to be a shark in your tank. A dream is a destiny for your life, not a plan for the weekend. Number two, when you dream, you become a target. Your success will always be a threat to somebody else's insecurity. And not everybody will be excited about your dream. I wish they were, but they're not. There are some reasons for that. Dreams always challenge the status quo. That's the way we've always done it. 
Your dream breaks the ordinary, disrupts the way things are now, and everybody won't like that. In 1932, aviation engineers said there would never be a plane that can carry more than 10 people. We got a plane with 250 people on it. We can't even find it right now. An Airbus A380, if it's configured, can hold 500 people. A Yale professor gave Fred Smith from Memphis, Tennessee, a C on his MBA thesis in business and said his plan would never work. Fred went on to build Federal Express. It changed mail delivery around the world. It kicked the United States bureaucracy postal system in the behind, and they had to change or go out of business. And now you've got UPS, you've got postal system, you've got uh, DHL, you've got FedEx, the largest airline in the world. It came from one guy who had a dream and said, we can do it better. Folks, quit watching so much news with all the negativity on it. There's a better way to solve problems, a better way to do energy, a better way to do our life. Somebody just hadn't thought of it yet. It's that simple. Maybe you're in this room. Ignite that dream and then ignite passion. In 1859, Edwin Drake was told he was crazy to think you could drill a hole in the ground and find oil. (laughs) And boy, are all the Texans glad. Oh, Eddie, drill the hole. And it put a lot of people in business and a lot of revenue in the state. People want the product, but they don't want the process. Dreams challenge the status quo, so it makes you a target. Dreams bring adversity. And if you're a little wussy and you're afraid of criticism, don't be a dreamer because you're going to get attacked. You know, people people want the result, but they just don't want the process. I want to be thinner, but I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to not eat cake, and I don't want to exercise. Well, you ain't going to be thin until you decompose after being dead a few months. Then we'll weigh you. And when you get a dream, people are going to start looking at you different. You're not like everybody else. You res- they respond differently to you. They misjudge you. They judge your motive. They won't say it's wrong. They say, well, I wonder what their motive is. Well, they just want. They See, they don't have any dream. Here comes the adversity. People will reject you. People will resist you. Well, his church is so big in America because he just preaches a candy gospel. Yeah, you just suck and you're just mad because he's doing really good. Leave Joel alone. That just makes me angry. All it says to me is, it's possible. I'm not as cute and I'm not as young, but I can do better. I can do better. I can improve. We can grow. I want to see this place packed and filled. I'm just saying, I still dream. He can't outdream me. He's younger than me. He's got more resources than me, but he ain't got any bigger dream than I do. And my challenge is you get people to dream with you. Dream problems are the best problems. And if you're going to have problems, and by the way, I don't care who you are, you're going to have problems. Everybody has. The only thing common to all of us, problems. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have adversity, tribulation. Get over it. Cheer up. I've overcome the world, but you're going to get through it. And so if I'm going to have problems, then I might as well be the cause of them. Because you're going to have problems anyway. Well, why not have problems because of the dream you have? That's a good problem to have because dream problems are the best, I think, maybe three or four reasons. Number one, they force you to see opportunities you wouldn't see otherwise. Either you're going to stop dreaming or you're going to have to see new options and opportunities. Number two, they make you grow. You're building the dream, but the dream's building you. And number three, they prepare you for the future. 
You know, everybody has problems. Everybody talks about problems. But what kind of problems do you have? Be sure they're the right kind of problems because of the dream God gave you. Not problems because you're stupid or because you make bad choices, wrong decisions. You never get counsel. You never get advice. Those are avoidable problems, and they're not smart. But if you dream and you're going to challenge the status quo, you're going to have problems. Those are good problems because you're on your way to following the dream God gave you. Dreams require persistence. They don't happen in an hour. Dreams demanded Joseph, just like you, like anybody else, has to be persistent. From the time Joseph got the dream from God, he was about 17 years of age. And we don't know the exact number, but somewhere between 17 and 21 years later, the dream came true. Joseph teaches me and teaches you, keep dreaming wherever you are. Even in prison and in slavery, Joseph kept the dream alive. I hear people say, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm a single mother. Blah, 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 blah. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you can dream. No prohibition on that. Well, everybody's got an excuse, and excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. There's always a reason to quit. But you can keep dreaming wherever you are in life. Ray Kroc was 54 years old, Chicago salesman who got an ID in San Bernardino, California, and McDonald's, well, the rest is history. Moses was 80 years old when he got the dream and the call from God to be a deliverer. Colonel Sanders was 65 years old when he started his journey to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Shoot, I'm in the best years of my life. You midlifers like me, we, we're in the prime of life, baby. Our best days are just ahead of us. Let's make them count. And there are going to be times your life is inconsistent with your dream. It's true, and you're going to be discouraged by it. I mean, Joseph's dream is I'm going to have power, I'm going to have authority, I'm going to have stature, my family's going to respect me, going to have to look up to me. But when his brother sold him into slavery, it didn't look so good. That didn't look like the dream you gave me. So there are going to be times in your life when it looks like your life is inconsistent with the dream. So you have a choice. You can either reduce your heart to your current circumstances, or you can believe your life will catch up to your dreams. Never allow circumstances to change the dream in your heart. Never. If God said you're going to have a baby and you're 100 years old, paint the room blue or pink and get a bassinet, you're going to have a baby. Ask Abraham and Sarah. If God says he'll take care of you, he will take care of you. You don't know how or why. That's not your problem. But I'm, simp I'm simply saying uh, your life isn't going to match up with that dream quite a while. And if you're not careful, you'll just think God isn't going to do it. And that's, what, that's when you think God's forgotten you. God, I thought you said. Lord, I thought the dream was this is going to happen. And if that's never happened to you, then you're not spiritual. You just never dream big enough. Because if you dream big enough, you're going to at least think, God's probably forgotten me. Look, you know where Joel Osteen is. How about Ricky G? You remember me? Okay. I'm giving it my best shot. Let's get this show on the road. And give me some people that want to get a show on the road. They want to do something great that'll live on after we leave this earth. And said, where'd that come from? We all the old midlifers out here, we can say, we, we with God did it. We paid the price. We had the dream. 
We were able to overcome adversity, long delay, and look what the Lord has done. We give Him glory, and we pass the baton to a younger generation. That's a beautiful way to live life. And every dream faces the frustration of delay. You know, I was thinking the other day, it's just better to face the frustration of delay than take a detour less than your dream. The old prophet Habakkuk says, though the vision tarry, wait on it, it will surely come to pass. Well, I ain't got but another hour, let's go. It may be 21 years, but delay is not denial when God gives you a dream. If He has to prolong your life, He will till the dream comes true. If He has to open the Red Sea, if He has to back up the sun 10 degrees, He'll do it in order to do what He promised. He said, not one promise I made you, Israel, has failed. He said, not one promise. And if God makes a promise, your circumstances won't change it. Dreams demand integrity because during a delay, just like Joseph, you're going to have temptation. I mean, the desperate housewife of Egypt, Pontifer's mama, wife, was hitting on Joseph. I know, I know, particularly in religion, men always get beat up for hitting on women. There are two to one more women hitting on men than men hitting on women. Some of you women don't get out of town much, and you don't actually understand there are aggressive women around. And since men aren't like you, men are visually stimulated, women have their way with men. I don't care if you know the Bible back and forward and you saw an angel. You're still a male, and God made a male to be visual. Women have to have the endearing words, candlelight, lovely dinner, cards, a small gift, a touch, a walk on the beach, holding hands of affirmation. Men, it's just show up naked, bring beer. They don't care. <laughs> right? Can we talk? Well, I don't care who you are in here. You say you didn't notice? Yeah, you noticed. Well, there are a lot, and, 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 and you watch your man. They're, they, they can be duped into a temptation as well. It takes, it, it's not all just one person's fault. But I'm saying you're going to get tempted. He was tempted. He passed the test. And sometimes doing what's right looks like it's wrong. Even though he did the right thing, he got falsely accused and went to jail for it. Don't you think he must have thought a few times, shoot, I might as well have gone ahead and had a one-night stand. Couldn't be any worse than this. God's forgotten me, and I did the right thing, and I'm in jail, and I didn't get anything for it. <laughs> you know it crossed his mind. But here's the thing. What others believe about you, they misjudged Joseph. They were wrong. What others believe about you is never as important as what you believe about yourself. That's a fact. It's what you believe. And don't think people will enforce your security. They will show up your insecurity. Crowds will magnify it, multiply it, discover it, proclaim it, and publish it. Oh, yeah. Two main reasons our dreams break down. Number one, we quit believing in God. And number two, we quit believing in ourselves. I know people who believe in God, but they don't believe in themselves. I know people who believe in themselves, but they don't believe in God. Neither view will take you very far. It's God and us partnering together. Here's something else Joseph teaches us about a dream. Help other people with their dream while you wait for your dream to come true. He helped the butler. He helped the baker. They didn't do squat for him. 
But Ephesians 2.8 says what you, 6, 8, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. So he was waiting on his dream. He helped others with their dream. Look for opportunities. Maybe you have great resources and you're, a little bit of your resources could make a dream come true for someone else or, or some youngster in school or a tuition. You just never know. Just a little bit could push up and give a head start to someone else. While we have a dream to build a world-class church with impact in our city and nation in changing lives, help others who are coming along, young men who are starting churches, to help them avoid pitfalls the mistakes you've made, what you've learned. Help others with their dream. And when you do, your dream will come true. When Joseph worked on the dreams of others while waiting on his dream, his dream finally came true. So be mindful of doing that. And dreams, they only come alive. You can have a great dream, but it ain't going to do any good until you get a plan. P-L-A-N, a plan. That means P, you pray it out or watch out. L, lay it out. Write it down. Study it. A, act it out. Do it now. Take action. And N, navigate it out. I heard a Navy SEAL commander say he had never seen a plan of attack survive the battle. What does that mean? No matter how well you plan, there will be unexpected things that happen, and you have to adjust and tweak the plan. Plans don't survive life. They create engineers. You'll have to adjust it. So the mission stays the same, but things happened we didn't expect. Maybe one of our choppers goes down. Maybe there was a people there that weren't supposed to be there. Stuff that Intel could not provide for you. And it's true in our lives. There will be the unexpected. You still plan, but you prepare to maybe have to adjust that plan. How do you do that? Number one, do something every day that changes tomorrow. Joseph talks about seven good years, seven bad years, and he starts to give Pharaoh a plan to survive. Joseph understood that if I want to change tomorrow in those seven years of, of, of lack and want, then I'm going to have to make good choices today. You can't wait till tomorrow to change tomorrow. You change tomorrow by what you do today. Problem solving is allowing tomorrow to happen and then wondering what happened and what do I do to solve it. But in planning, you're preparing. And the better you plan, the less problems you have to solve. That's another lesson Joseph teaches, is what you do during good times determines whether or not you'll survive the bad times. There's going to be good years in your life, and there will be bad years in your life. Verse 36, Joseph talks about seasons of life. Joseph predicts a season of unparalleled prosperity and advancement, seven great years, followed by seven years of unparalleled difficulty, famine, and recession. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 3.1, for everything there is a time and a season. No one in this room, no one in life lives in a permanent season. They shift they change. Our economy goes through cycles. Your body will go through cycles. Yes, yes it will. Marriage goes through seasons. Lust, rust, dust. <laughs> seasons. Our bodies change. Uh, it's not bad. It's life. Everything's cyclical. 
So although the seasons change, our principles never change. We adjust our plan. We never change our value, our principles. Today's discipline will determine tomorrow's success. If you do what you have to do, when you have to do it, one day you'll get what to do what you want to do when you want to do it. What you put off today will always cost you more tomorrow. If that marriage is already under stress and you refuse to get any counsel, you refuse to go to a, a marriage enrichment seminar, then it's going to cost you a fortune later down the road. A divorce, an alimony, and liquidation of assets. And hey, you could have prevented it, but no, you procrastinated. Uh, our men's ascend right now is as cheap as it can be to register for our men's ascend in May. But if you wait to the end of the month, it's going to go up another 15 bucks. But people will put it off and say, ah, I think it's awful high. Well, doofus, you could have done it two months ago. Cheap, but you put it off. Procrastination. Nothing gets better when you procrastinate. If, girls, if a red light comes on the dash of your car, quit driving. Pull over. Call your husband. Call AA. Get it checked. If the steering wheel is wobbling because something's out of line, get into a mechanic and get it fixed early or it's going to cost you a ton if you neglect it. Uh, your health. One man, he's now gone. He's dead. But he was an older brother and he was passing blood. And I got the story later. What happened to him? He was afraid to go to a doctor because he was afraid he would have cancer. He had prostate cancer. And by the time he was forced to go to the doctor, it had spread too far and he died. And what's sad we can say, well, praise the Lord, he's with Jesus. Hey, he didn't have to be with Jesus. He could have been with us. But he was procrastinating, and he delayed, and it ended up costing him his life. Procrastination, once you know what you should do or something ought to be done, is never a blessing. And don't you think Jesus is going to say, well, bless you, my child. He's going to say, idiot, why didn't you go check that? Uh, this is just straight talk. I'm tired of this Christian nonsense that goes on. When you, you got a trouble, deal with it early deal with it early. It's going to get worse if you let it go. Bad won't get better longer. And my plan for tomorrow has got to be based on the resources I have today. You don't build something beyond your means to pay. You plan with the resources you have, not what you hope to have. You'll go into bankruptcy or foreclosure. Live within your means. Jack Taylor, who was a former pastor in our city at Castle Hills, used to say, this is, I've been 40 years ago and I still remember it. When your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep becomes your downfall. You can't spend more than you make unless you're the government. Good plans always pass the test of confirmation. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or more witnesses, confirm every word. Don't you ever show up and t let anybody, God told me, but he didn't tell anybody else. There's no confirmation with those in authority that God's put you in relationship with. There's no confirmation. You're a liar. You're a rebel. He who isolates himself, Psalms 19, 1, seeks his own desire and rages against all wisdom and good judgment. Don't you ever say that. God doesn't privately tell you something He doesn't confirm. He, why would He write in the Bible, let every word in the mouth of two or more witnesses confirm? Joseph shared his plan with Pharaoh, all of his pagan advisors. These aren't Christian boys. They don't believe in Jehovah God. They don't know Him from a hole in the ground. But when Joseph gave them the plan, they said, that's a great plan. That will work. And good planning will always bring promotion to you. They said, well, none of my advisors got the plan. 
You've got the plan. Your God gave you the plan. You're the man. And so when you effectively plan and articulate it, you stand out and promotion will come. Now, when you get a plan, let others help you carry it out. It takes teamwork to make a dream work. You're not going to do much alone. God puts the solitary in families. A two- or three-fold cord is not easily broken. Don't try to make a dream come true alone. It takes others who help you with that dream. Never obsess over your past. If that had been the case of Joseph, he would have killed his brothers instead of feeding his brothers. He finally recognized, no, God used your anger, your evil to put me here so I could be promoted and save all of you. He got it. Don't worry what the enemy's attack is. God will redeem it somehow and bring good out of that bad. He will work everything for our good and for His glory if we'll trust Him. Great leaders are dreamers. People who make a difference are dreamers. They understand the process of a dream. It's for your life, not a weekend. You may not get all you dream for, but you'll never get more than you dream for. So why not dream big? Love big, give big, dream big, give big, forgive big. Be a big life person because we have a big God with unlimited potential. Don't live small. Amen. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.